Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to Graf Martin Communications, Canada's leading PR and marketing agency, serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast for their in-kind support. At Graf Martin, they are true collaborators who come alongside to be your marketing team for good. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostupchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hey everyone, my name's Caitlin Say, and I'm joining you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and this is the Her Influence Podcast. On today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing none other than the powerhouse woman, Shayla Visser. Shayla's the National Director of Alpha Canada and the Global Senior Vice President for Alpha International. She's the executive producer of these two series, the Alpha Youth Film Series and the Alpha Film Series. And both of these are making incredible impact right now across denominations, right across the nation. People are coming to understand the gospel in powerful ways through this initiative. Shayla is currently also sitting on the board for Regent College. Shayla has a huge heart for people to come to know Jesus, and she's passionate about helping the local church in Canada flourish from coast to coast. She really is a gifted communicator, and these are the strengths that she's well known for. Strategic leadership and her ability to bring people together around a vision and really mobilize and move teams forward. Shayla is recognized as one of the top 100 most influential Christian women in Canada. This is not surprising. She's doing incredible things, and she is especially passionate for girls and women right across the nation, no matter what sphere they're in or arena they're in, to be engaged in society in such a way that Jesus Christ is being made known through relationships in every area of our nation. Listen in to some of the good advice Shayla has to share with us about leadership, leading teams, and making impact. She's a lot to say about developing a growth mindset and how invaluable that one asset is to any individual team or group and how we as the church and as Christians are especially empowered to live, understanding that possibilities are limitless with our powerful God. I'm so glad that you've joined me today for this conversation with Shayla Visser. Well, Shayla, it's an absolute privilege to have you here today on the Her Influence podcast, where we're just inspiring women to live with bold words, real voices, and whole 
hearts. And on this season, we're talking about spheres of influence and how God has created every one of his children to be engaged in some sphere of influence. And there's nothing, there's no realm that's outside of his scope. And he wants us to show up and be present in every place and every space. And you have had a very remarkable and diverse journey following Jesus. And it's taken you into some very interesting spheres of influence. Can you tell us a little bit about your leadership journey? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk to other women of influence and women who are learning to lead. I'm always learning to lead. I'm always on that learning journey. But I would say that I was very fortunate, blessed to have um, other leaders when I was quite young, like in my early 20s, sort of just build into me, believe the best about me. There was both men and women. Um, but I think it was when senior leaders who weren't my boss, but might have been my boss's boss or my boss's boss's boss, um, mm-hmm. who just decided they were going to invest in me. And, you know, the reality is there's all always a spark of influence in every single human being. And it's how it gets cultivated and used. And I was just very fortunate to have people that cultivated that and, and saw it in me. And I really do thank my parents for... Um, really instilling some very key values that has helped bring about that leadership um, opportunity for me. Hmm. So you're, you know, you're acknowledging that, that this formation, your life formation has come from a lot of different directions from family to mentorship, to just opportunities that have opened up before you. What have some of those key opportunities been that have been the building blocks that have gotten you where you are now? I'm going to give a a few, actually. I think to be a person of influence is to learn to communicate. Hmm. And that doesn't mean you're communicating from the stage. So I don't want people think, you know, listening, thinking, oh, that means I'm going to be up front in front of a few thousand people. No, that means how you communicate daily with those you're around. And, you know, we learn from Jesus how to communicate, actually. And it's always leading with joy, leading with love, leading with compassion. And so I learned that early on that to lead from a place of um, interest in other people makes a big difference, but to be able to communicate and speak and articulate thoughts is a really important skill set. whether you're speaking to one person or whether you're speaking to 5,000. So I'd say that was an early learning that both my mom taught us how to speak really well Mm -hmm. and allowed myself and my siblings to be public speakers and do really well at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also I've had um, along the way, people have taught me how to communicate in small ways as well that have been hugely impactful. Mm -hmm. So that can be one-to-one. So I think communication is a very significant early learning that I got from my family of origin, but also through mentors. Mm -hmm. I think having mentors and people around me be able to give me opportunities to swim in the deep end. And what I mean by that is they would be the kind of people that say, say, okay, Shayla, you've been swimming in the shallow end for a while. You can touch the bottom, but we're going to actually push you out into the deep, but we're going to stand around the edges with life lines so that if you need help, if you're drowning, we're, we're there to support you, but we think you can swim. Right. And so very early on in my career, I had uh, some mentors in my first real career job, which was at Power to Change, Mm -hmm. teach me what it meant to swim in the deep end. And, you know, because of that, I learned to trust my own judgments and my own skills, my own, I learned when I needed that lifeline and when to look to mentors 
And I think them pushing me into the deep end really helped. And so I think giving younger leaders an opportunity to do that now in my position is what I love because someone did it for me. Yeah. So I try to take what I've learned and then apply it to the younger leaders that we both employ at Alpha Canada and Alpha around the world, but also for those that I meet with that are outside of employed by Alpha. Right. That's incredible the way that you've had that modeled. You've actually experienced the benefits of having people pour into you and really provide that safe place of growth and learning and development that's so necessary. And so here you are today leading in a big capacity, Alpha Canada, and you are leading major initiatives that are so innovative for the church in Canada today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those initiatives, the the new Alpha series, the impact that you're seeing it have? Um, tell us a little bit about what's happening there. Well, can I just talk about my philosophy behind sort of innovation Absolutely. and entrepreneurship? Absolutely. I'm not an innovator, so I'll just say right out, out of the gate, I'm not an innovator, but what I am is an entrepreneur. Okay. And my personal understanding of the difference is there are people, I work with these kind of people, I know these kind of people, I admire them greatly. They can come up with a concept or something that doesn't currently exist. Yeah. Uh, either within Alpha or outside of Alpha, anywhere, and they just have this ability to see this possibility of a product or something else that could be really innovative. I'm the one who's the entrepreneur who says, okay, I take that idea, and if we tack on these three things, we can get more leverage or more impact. So I, I'm not, I, I like to find creatives that are truly innovative. And then I like to be the entrepreneur that fuels it and brings in some experience and wisdom to it at this point. Hmm. Um, and hopefully provides um, a place where that innovation can have life. So we're always thinking about that. I think recently um, Simon Sinek has provided, and he has a new book, and I think his um, he's provided some language that helps us think about innovation, which will come to answering your question, yeah. which he talks about in gamification, uh, you are either playing a finite game or an infinite game. When you're playing a finite game, uh, it's like you have a winner and a loser. You know when the game's over. Uh, there's rules around it. But an infinite game means you're trying to accomplish something bigger than outside of yourself. Some people like playing an infinite game and some people like playing a very finite game. I like playing an infinite game. Huh. And what that means for me personally is I'm always motivated by... Um, this longing for people to know Jesus, this longing that can we do something else to make an impact? And it's, there's never an end to that, right? It's, we're, we're doing it until Jesus returns and that we don't know when that is. I mean, the disciples thought it was coming imminently and it's 2000 years later, it's not happened. So my infinite game that I'm always in my head about and with my team is what else can we do to serve the local church, to serve the people that we work alongside of in the country, to enable them to be more impactful, to serve them to make evangelism on the front edges of what they're doing more impactful. And so that infinite game is never ending. And so that's why we're able to adapt is because we never think we've arrived. Right. I think you as a leader have this understanding of innovation and entrepreneurial uh, mindset in a company, you don't ever think you've arrived. You're always seeing the horizon and thinking, what else could we do? How else can we try and do that? And so our largest goal is that we would serve the church, both in Canada and around the world to impact 
um, people for Jesus. And in doing so, we're thinking particularly about people under the age of 30, but we serve all age groups, Yeah. but we're really looking to the next generation. So because of this infinite mindset, which is new language for me, but really helps me articulate mm-hmm. the way I think, we're always thinking about what else can we do? Because mm-hmm. we've not arrived. I mean, people will say Alpha Canada's made such a great impact in the country. Great. God bless. He has used us. We are thrilled, but we're always asking ourselves, what else could we do? And so when, when we innovated with the first Alpha Youth series, <clears throat> then we did the Alpha Film series, then we did the next Alpha Youth series, and now we just re- recently launched something called Life Shared. We've always done it in response to the needs at the local level in local churches to say, how can we come alongside you and serve you? So in my infinite game of evangelism, it's always got a desire to serve the local church. And so we're we're always innovating and being entrepreneurial to do that for the understanding that the most important thing we can ever do is help someone meet Jesus. Hmm. That is amazing. And even your description of just the different key players that are part of this team that comes together, uh, the innovators and the entrepreneurs and all that it takes and the different pieces to, to make this movement happen within the organization to serve yeah. the church and, and really make Jesus known. It's an incredible thing to witness how that is unfolding. And yes, you're right, the, the incredible impact that Alpha has made, but here you're already looking ahead saying what is next and, and really suggesting that that's a mindset. So what I'm very convinced of listening to you today is that you've embraced and breathed this, this mindset and um, this growth way of being in following Christ and in making him known. I'm curious how you infiltrate that in your team or in your teams that you lead there, because ultimately it takes many with that same spirit to move this thing forward. So how do you go about doing that? It's an excellent question and not one that I could easily sort of say, here's five things to do to work in your team. But I would say that, that we have intentionally hired people that can work within an organization that is always adapting and evolving. So uh, again, referencing another sort of mindset that you can have a fixed mindset or growth mindset. We hire people that have a growth mindset that see possibilities. The glass is half full. Um, They recognize opportunity. And so they may play a more finite game. Like what goals are we trying to get to? You don't want everybody playing an infinite game or everyone will just live with their head in the clouds and never come down to reality because they're trying to do something further on. You need people that are like, okay, here are the tactics to get this vision accomplished. But in that, you need to hire people that actually can change, Mm -hmm. um, that are willing to adapt their work rhythms or their adapt their way of thinking to achieve the vision. And so we've always looked for people that have this ability to change, adapt, and uh, continue to go for it. And so in that, we've recruited a lot of remarkable people because they they have bought into the vision. So my biggest job is to envision my staff all the time. Right. What am I reminding of them? What are we celebrating together? What, what are we trying to achieve? Do they know? Could they articulate it? If you had any one of them on this call, um, would they be able to say, 
yeah, I know what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to actually increase the temperature for evangelism in service to the local church in Canada. We want Holy Spirit fueled evangelism. We want to see a great impact and we want to see a renewal of the church revival in individuals so that the world may know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm hoping that they would have some form of articulation of we're really trying to fuel Holy Spirit led evangelism in the country. And I'm convinced that that's exactly what you have going on there because it's evident. It's evident in what is coming out uh, towards all of us in the local church and and just all of us really across the country. Um, I love that I'm seeing Alpha all over, actually, all over, not just in the church, but really just infiltrating our country and our nation with that voice. And it's incredible. But something I want to ask you with this growth mindset for our listeners listening in, because really God has given us that. It's the the gospel message that you are so passionate to spread that allows for us to embrace this growth mindset, you mm-hmm. know, because of, because of uh, what he's done in us and for us. How would you... I, identifier, how would you suggest that our listeners could even place themselves um, in in the spectrum of a growth mindset and, and where maybe they fall or how they could develop more of a growth mindset? You know, I think all of us can have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. I think some people are just naturally bent in one way or another. And I think the people that have a growth mindset are usually going to be leading things. And that doesn't mean they're always the visionary, but they're able to influence and sell and communicate in such a way that other people want to follow. And so we can easily on a bad day or on a um, fairly difficult season can end up in a fixed mindset just because life is tough. Whether it's your personal life or your professional life, things at work can make you end up in a fixed mindset because you're like, well, nothing's going to change. And so that's when, as women of influence, we have to come back to the central understanding that we are not the ultimate leader God is. Hmm. And what is he doing in us and through us and through our organizations, through our companies that we need to align with so that we can be ready for the next open door? Mm -hmm. I I love the sound of music, actually. It's one of my favorite musicals of all time. And I love it in one scene, Maria is talking to Liesl, the oldest daughter. And she says, when God closes a door, he often opens a window. And I think we have to have that mindset that, oh, that door is closed. And rather than being fixed and saying, well, the door closed, we have to say, well, is there a window? Right. And where is that window? And what is God asking us to do to to um, shift our strategies, shift our thinking, shift our outcomes and our impact ideals to ensure that we're aligning with him. So fixed mindset can really stifle where the Lord may be leading us, Mm -hmm. but we can all end up there. I can Mm -hmm. and I typically live in a growth mindset. So I would say we have to catch ourselves and also support one another and say, hey, have you become fixed in your thinking? What are the opportunities actually here that you may not have noticed? And we do that one for another. I do that with my staff. Okay, that door closed. What's the window? Is there another opportunity? And we need to keep looking at it that way to stay in a growth mindset where possibility is always just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's a brilliant way of really building that into your teams. And just by practice, it is something, it sounds like, you know, it just comes through practice and building that into a culture. And then, and then we're seeing that really influence our country. It's a, you know, a mindset, like you say, that, that has 
brought about, allowed God to usher in some amazing things through your work. And we really want to celebrate some of that work with you. What has it been like for you to hear about the impact that these projects have brought about that you have really spent yourself, your team has just given it all to bring um, these things about? Can you tell us a bit about the the, the Alpha um the series, the, the youth series, both of them, and just what you're hearing about the impact that's being made. Yeah. I think the thing that um, we're so thrilled about is we hear stories of like an 82-year-old woman who comes to faith and never knew the story of Jesus. And we hear that back at our office and we're like, we can't believe we get to be part of this mm-hmm. and what joy that is for us. Or we hear a story of a teenager who's run alpha in his or her community and invited 10 friends and 40 showed up and and how 10 of them came to faith in Christ and what that's doing in their local high school because now people are excited about Jesus and now we're hearing about Alpha. I mean, the stories we get to hear are the joy for us. Mm-hmm. When a pastor or a youth pastor says to us, thank you for resourcing us to, to help us with evangelism at the local level, that's thanks enough for us. But the stories of the individuals that we get to hear back is just thrilling. Mm -hmm. And we always keep that in mind that when we serve the church, they are serving the guest as we would call them. And the guest is anyone from sort of 12 or 13 up to 80 or 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And every story we hear is a celebration. So Mm -hmm. we're very clear on our why. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about the Alpha Youth series, for example, when we didn't have a film series, people just used to like take the talks that Nikki Gumbel, the pioneer behind Alpha gave and say, okay, let's pull this for youth. And it was quite a bit of work as you can well imagine. But in 2013, we went from having 78 alphas for youth across the country to 906 weeks. Right. Wow. uh, Last year we had 2,400 youth alphas and uh, over 450 of them were student led, which meant kids in high school age group are running alpha for their friends. And it's just amazing. And I was a high school student once, and my goodness, I cared about what boy liked me. I cared about how I was doing in school and sports. I wasn't thinking about how am I impacting my school for Jesus. And I think, wow, these kids are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're bold and courageous and making a difference. So Mm -hmm. I want to invest my life in the next generation, and I want to do everything I can to raise them up because the idea for Alpha Youth Series came from two 20-year-olds who now are in their 30s, but they were in their 20s at the time. And it came from them. It wasn't my idea. They were the innovators. So fueling that kind of innovation has allowed us to serve the church well. And then recently, we came up with Life Shared. Again, it came from one of our millennial staff members who's a brilliant thinker and strategist. And he said, um, you know, could we do this? Encourage the church because church leaders have been saying to us, most church people don't invite to anything. Church service, Christmas service, Alpha, whatever else outreach. Most people don't invite in the church. Right. We create something to serve that pain point or that need. And Life Shared came out of that. And we created a three-part series that um, is really trying to equip lay people in churches across the country to think about what does it mean to live an invitational life. Yeah. So those are the kind of things we think about. We hear about a pain point. Alpha Youth was a pain point. It was a hassle to run. Okay, what can we do to create something to serve the church in evangelism that removes the pain point? Mm -hmm. Invitation, pain point in the church. They're like, gosh, this is tough. How can we create something to help them, to serve them, to remove that pain point? So we're we're looking at pain points as well. And so our innovations are coming out of how can we help them? 
Thank you so much for being willing to go there and to look for those pain points. And then, um, like you said, it's that mentality that you can figure it out. You can figure out ways. You can um, find ways to invest in big ways and really uh, you acknowledge for the next generation and uh, and to make Jesus known in, in new ways that meet the demands of our culture today and just expecting that people want God in their life, you know, that, that, that the church has something to offer and, and really is the hope of the world. But you've referred a few times to this attitude, this heart attitude of, of really serving the church and, um, and that being sort of your primary focus. And it's amazing to hear about the ways that so many people are being, being benefited. Um, I've heard it said that if we focus on unity as the church, different denominations and backgrounds and opinions. If we focus on unity, we tend to get stuck. But when we focus on mission, unity is a byproduct. Do you see um, that? Do you see that happening through your work? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we are so fortunate in Canada because I think all of those dividing lines are coming down, but not because of unity for the sake of unity, but because of mission. I right. think you said it brilliantly. And we're watching as the Catholic Church does brilliant um, work on how they're reaching out and evangelizing people in their community and outside their community. And uh, then we're watching the Orthodox Church do it. We're watching the Pentecostal Church and the Baptist Church. We're watching these barriers that were between churches and individuals come down because we're saying we're on mission together. We want a better country, a better world. Mm -hmm. And we think Jesus is the answer. We all think Jesus is the answer. So how can we work together for the sake of that, mm -hmm. that mission? And isn't that so biblical that that should be at the center of who we are and what we do, that we are on mission, that we, that we are all about the great commission together and really uh, linking hands. And you're a, a a large vehicle for that to be happening in our country today. And I just thank you so much for your commitment to that. Um, I want to ask you, you know, when you think of our listeners today, right across the country and beyond who are wanting to understand what God might be calling them to when it comes to living a life of influence, what would it be that you would say to them today? What would you want to kind of shout from your mountain of influence that God has shown you or taught you that you just want to make known as people move forward? I think the number one thing I would say to everyone listening is does the depth of your relationship with God, meet the breadth of the opportunity God's already giving you or you sense is coming. I think leaders often chase the opportunity at a different pacing and a different uh, level of commitment than they chase the depth of relationship with God. And I would say if, if leaders want the breadth they better go for the depth or they'll never have the longevity in leadership. I'm challenged by this all the time. Am I spending time with the father on a very regular basis that allows me to manage the breadth of the opportunity he's given me? And if that deep root isn't there, I'm in big trouble. Mm -hmm. Alpha's in big trouble mm -hmm. in Canada because I need to be a leader who's got depth. Uh, the second thing I would say, so that's on the spiritual level, like, yeah. please, whatever you do, chase God more than you're chasing the opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing I would say is that every leader needs what I would call a personal board around them. 
And what I mean by that is you need to have people that are better than you in all the areas of your life, not just better than you in the areas that you're weak. So I might say, well, I'm not ever going to be an accountant. I need to have someone on my board that's an accountant, my personal board. No, I would say it's more that I'm a good public speaker. Who's helping me be a better public speaker? Hmm. I'm a good visionary leader. Who am I learning from to be a better visionary leader? Mm-hmm. I don't have much experience, or at least I used not to have much experience in HR and legal and things. Who have I, who do I access to be a better thinker in those areas so I can make wise decisions um, in those areas? I've just always sort of had a personal board. I never bring them together. Sometimes they don't even know they're on my personal board, but in my mind, I know who are the leaders I'm surrounding myself with. And let me challenge you to think differently. They're not all older than me. Hmm. I have people that are younger than me, that have different skills, that see the world differently than me, that make me a much, much better leader. Some of them are on staff. Some of them are external. And I know in the community, but I'm always seeking experts around me. And sometimes they'll be intensely involved in what I'm doing and who I am. And other times it's it's very loosely connected, mm-hmm. but I'm always pursuing people so I can learn. Never, ever be overwhelmed or insecure around people that are more skilled than you are. Mm-hmm. Always invite them in to teach you and to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those people around you, reach out, ask someone, hey, can you introduce me to so-and-so? Um, and then go in very specifically with, hey, it's great to meet you. Caitlin introduced me to you. And... Um, I'm really learning to to um, increase my knowledge in this. I want to increase my knowledge in this area as a leader. And I have these three questions that I was wondering if I could have half an hour of your time to ask you those. Hmm. And then you do at least one of the things they've told you to do. And then a few months later, you go back and say, thank you so much. I did this. This is what happened. I was wondering if I could meet with you again. Yeah. And so you can build a personal board. If you don't know who they are, you can actually build it very intentionally. Right. I heard someone in Vancouver say that they did that with a very substantial leader in our city. And they did about every four or five months. And they said, you know, after about three years, he realized he was mentoring me. <laughs> it clicked for him. It clicked for it clicked him. That's that, actually what's happening that he here. He worked it. Yeah, yeah, he found his way in there. And you're yeah. right. And it's, you know, it's connected to the growth mindset you were talking about. If not this way, then then this way. And really that um, resourcefulness, just believing there's got to be a way. There's, you know, if not, if not this way, then another. Well, I want to just say such a huge thank you to you, Shayla. I um, have not met you in person, but I'm one of many across the country who have been influenced by the work that you're doing and really your commitment to maintain that deep spiritual life and that growth mindset that you are. Um, even having having Alpha's impact in my city in Saskatoon and seeing the impact it's having really bringing unity among different denominations in our city and also for young people as they're connecting around this material with the gospel at the center from all different backgrounds and, and all different denominations and it's just really bringing um, an aspect of mission and I know that that's happening in cities right across the country and I'm also very confident that it will continue to as we all look to the horizon together for what's coming tomorrow I'm thankful that you are in our country and that you're leading with courage the way that you are so thank you thank you for being with us today Shayla thanks Caitlin it's so good to be with you and if I could say one last thing yeah 
God is building up resilient leaders in our nation. And if I could pray one thing for all of the people listening to this is be resilient. You will find yourself buffeted by the winds of all sorts of things happening around you in your leadership, but be resilient and be faithful. Be faithful because God who calls us into places of influence and leadership, whether it's in our neighborhood or in communities or in our provinces or nationally, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion and, and be faithful in that call, be faithful in the vision he's given you and be resilient in it because there are great opportunities and we need more leaders in our nation. And so I'm grateful to what you guys are doing and I want to celebrate with you and I want to just continue to champion women as they learn to lead in their influential places because if we are faithful and resilient, we will be able to make a massive difference and transform the world. Yeah. Be faithful and be resilient. You said it perfectly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. That conversation with Shayla Visser was both inspiring and so full of practical tips for effective leadership. Whether you're leading in your home or in a classroom or a small business or some kind of a, a team Shayla had so much wisdom to share about how to lead well and with strength. And first and foremost, she just pointed us to her spiritual life and the importance of staying rooted in Christ day by day in order to lead from a powerful place of strength. Shayla also talked about the importance of the mentorship that she had received over the years so that she had a safe place to grow and develop her leadership and make mistakes. And now she's providing that same kind of space for the leaders coming behind her, the next generation about to make impact for the kingdom of God. She also spoke about the difference between entrepreneurs and innovators. And she also understands where she fits in the dynamic of those two important pieces coming together to move initiatives forward. She said, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not the innovator. And so there's this idea of having the right people in the right places. We've all been created with certain gifts and skills and abilities, and we all flourish when we feel like we're giving our highest contribution to a project. And, and for God's glory, when we're doing the best of our work and bringing our strengths to the table. And so Shayla reminded us of the importance of just helping people situate themselves in that powerful place on their teams and in their communities. And when we go about living our lives of influence. Well, if you know of anyone who would find this podcast helpful, would you share it with them? If you have friends or family who want to live with purpose for God and, and live the life of influence that God has designed for them, that would mean so much to us. We want to keep growing this community and continue to live with our real voices, our bold words, and our whole hearts. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence Podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com for free resources, circles, and events in your area. Thanks to Graf Martin Communications, Canada's leading PR and marketing agency serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast for their in-kind support. 
At Graf Martin, they are true collaborators who come alongside to be your marketing team for good. We invite you to invest in this podcast and the vision of the Gather Women movement. We want to see the voices of women in Canada and beyond represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations taking place across our great nation. We want to see the presence of Christian women in equal value and strength in every arena of influence, including the local church. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.